Thank you to our sponsor for this week's episode. This is an organization that believes in compassion and connection with your pets. Mountain West Animal Hospital. This is their fourth episode they have sponsored and it has meant the world to me to have their support. If you're looking for a place to take your pet, you should check out their website at docbot with two T's. They've been around actually since 1977, and they are located in my hometown, Springville, Utah. And as a vet clinic, they take care of all sorts of animals. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to season two. What? Season two of the ICU podcast. How'd this happen? This is episode 61, Brother's Keeper. I've been gone for two and a half weeks. My husband and my two kids and I, we all went to the East Coast to visit family. That's where he's from. We had a blast and I'm just happy to be home now in my structured environment because I found that I, like a child, thrive with a little structure. Our review for this week comes from... DHJ59. The title says Good Podcasts, Five Stars. I have been listening to these podcasts for several weeks. They are positive and uplifting. I will continue listening. Thank you. Okay, and this is a simple review. It's not as lengthy as some of the others. I still love it when someone just says, I will continue listening because I really think the reason they're going to continue listening is because they're feeling that connection and they're feeling connected to people around them which is what we need so badly. So thank you for continuing to listen, DHJ59. Sounds like I'm talking to a robot. Thank you, DHJ59. Today's interview is with a new friend of mine, Krista Yaosi, and you're going to love her. She just exudes sweetness, but not in a timid way. She just is profoundly sweet and warm and powerful. As we talk about suicide today, I wanna remind you of two things to remember that I think are really important. First is that suicide is always a mistake. And second, I am 100% confident that people who die by suicide are met with love and mercy on the other side. I also feel very confident that they will become clearly aware how much their choice hurt those around them and that they would tell you and I that they wish they had not committed suicide and it was not the solution they had hoped it would be. Let's go over to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Krista. Thank you. Krista Yaosi. Will you begin first by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. I realize that this is like the hardest question for me to answer because I like talking about other people and like not myself as much. But my favorite focus of my life right now is just being a mom. I have two kids and two kids on the way. Pregnant with twins. You can't (laughs) see right now. And you made the trek here. Yes, I I made the trek and it will be soon. So we're feeling good about that. But I love being outside, going for walks, the sunshine. I'm just kind of your average person, I feel. (laughs) Yeah. And you're 32 weeks pregnant. Yeah. With your twins. So they're going to come soon. Yes. That's very exciting. That is the plan. Will you tell listeners how did you come in contact with me and with the podcast in general, I guess I should say. (laughs) Yeah. So my friend connected me to your podcast after I had told her about the book that I wrote. And I think she realized that it would just be a really good fit because I try to be really open about my experiences and you do too. And so she connected us and I'm so glad. When you said you have no hobbies, I'm like, well, you did write a book. So (laughs) 
<laughs> Most people have not written a book. But funny, I don't really like read that much. Oh, like, really? When I tell people that I wrote a book, like the people that really know me are like, really? Because like, <laughs> I really, I don't, I'm not much of a reader and... So it's kind of strange that I wrote a book, but... So the takeaway is you don't have to read. You can just write a book. You exactly. Don't have to exactly. be a reader. That's awesome. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your book. All right. Well, when I was 15, I lost my brother to suicide. Obviously, it was really hard and I wasn't in a place in life that like I knew how to navigate that kind of a trial. Although I don't know if you ever really are. But at 15, it seemed like a lot to go through. Actually, like my first chapter, if you read it, it is pretty spot on of like exactly how the day went um, when I found out that he had taken his life. I wrote it in a fictional form because I felt really strongly that it should be a story to be experienced and not like a self-help kind of a book, but that it would validate people's emotions and feelings and struggles that they're going through and also lead to hope and healing through that, but not not a self-help book, which a lot of people wondered why I would write it fictionally. That's why I just felt really strongly to do that. So yeah, I talk about my struggles. I was in a dark, lonely place and I struggled with situational depression. It kind of helped me understand what my brother was going through because I had never had depression before and I didn't really realize that's what it was when I was experiencing it. It was really, really, really hard. I feel like I lost myself. So I didn't just lose my brother, I was losing myself. But I realized I didn't really want to heal and that was a big thing. I didn't think of it that way until one day I realized I had to make a choice. Either I could keep going down that path or I needed to choose to take steps to deal with it and to heal. And I think that's really why I wrote the book because I knew we all struggle. Struggles aren't just going away. Mental illness isn't just going away. I knew I needed to do something And I felt really strongly that writing this book could be a means to help other people. That's pretty fabulous. And I appreciate you sending me a copy that I was able to read before this interview because it was really powerful. And I wondered throughout it because I could see very obviously that the main character's name wasn't your name. And so you changed names in it, except for, I thought this was really cool, you didn't change your brother's name. Yeah. Which I thought was really special. I don't really know why I did that. (laughs) Other than he couldn't get mad at me. Just kidding. (laughs) No, but yeah, I changed names. Um, I even made up some characters. Like a lot of people ask me who Greg is in the book Mm -hmm. (laughs) and wonder if it's like my husband. We did it a little bit in high school and nope, he's made up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I kind of wrote it with um, some of the same kind of situations I went through, but to tell it better, to get my points across and the story to flow. And some things I remember really well and some things I don't remember hardly at all. So you had to kind of <laughs> I had fill, fill in. in the gaps. Is your brother's friend made up? That yes. Character? Part of it is based on he really did leave a note for me, which is in the book, leaving me to his friend. 
but the experience with that friend is made up. So gotcha. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of that where like I tie in actual things, but then fictionalize other parts of it. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. Well, I could just talk about the book alone forever, but <laughs> other people might be like, well, Confused we haven't read it yet. It. So yeah. it is, um, we haven't even yes. said the, the name it. of the book. Oh yeah. Brother's but, Keeper. Yes. Brother's Keeper by Krista Yowsey. It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. I also have a website that you can go to. It's www.brotherskeeperthebook.com. What is your goal with the book? So I just want to reach as many people as I can just to validate. Like I've had a lot of feedback and a lot of people that haven't necessarily lost someone to suicide, but they relate to the feelings and the struggles and the experiences that the main character goes through because most of us experience hard things. It might not be suicide, but the emotions are the same. It's been a really cool experience for me. And that was kind of my purpose. I didn't want it to necessarily just be for those who lose someone to suicide, but for us all to kind of feel, deal, and heal through our experiences. That's a good why. Yeah. That's a really good why. <laughs> what was one of the most compassionate things that someone did for you after losing your brother? So this question was also really hard for me because a lot of people did a lot of things. Right. <laughs> they meant a lot to me, but they were small things like bringing me little notes or books or gifts or just coming to visit. But one thing I want to know is that happened a lot right at first. But that wasn't when I was really struggling. I really struggled after everyone kind of moved on and I felt alone. And I've heard that a lot. Yeah. I want to point out, don't forget about people. I mean, not that people forgot. It wasn't fair because I wasn't very open about how I was struggling. So people would have helped me more. (laughs) Right. But keep reaching out. Keep bringing it up in a good positive way to let other people be open to you so you can help because most of it is just being there for people. But like I said, I didn't really want to heal. And so people did plenty to help me, but until I was ready to like receive it and to work through it, it didn't do as much as it could. (laughs) How do you feel like compassion and connection has played a role into you healing from your loss? I loved this question because I think through it so much of what we can all do to help. Like, I feel like suicide should not be as normalized as it is. (laughs) I feel like it's just gotten more and more of a problem. So I think, okay, I wrote my book. I'm trying to reach out in other ways with it, but I feel like I can't reach and do all that I want to do. Like, I just want to heal the world and I can't. (laughs) So what I realized, if I can be an example of openly struggling with people, I feel like that's really how we can connect and heal. It won't like change all the problems that we have, but it will connect us and it will make it safe for other people to struggle it won't necessarily solve everything, but it, it brings everything out of the dark and into the light. 
that's why I also love your podcast because that's pretty much what you're <laughs> what you're yeah. doing. I'm like, preach, sister. <laughs> Say it over and over again. Yeah, I seriously, I feel like that's the only solution I can come up with. We can't get rid of mental illness. We can't get rid of struggle, but we can be open about it. And we and, can do it together. Yeah, Like, exactly. might as well do it together. Yeah. Because it's, isolating is when it's... It's just unbearable. Yeah. I was going to say, I um, I would love any follows on Instagram, but on my page, I've gotten so many people because we, why we got our twins is we have struggled with secondary infertility. Oh. So we had two kids and then just haven't been able to have more since. Interesting. And I was really open about it on Instagram. I found so many friends and lots of people were like, thank you so much for posting that. I felt the same way, but I just didn't know how to say it or like, I don't talk to people about it. And so I've been able to experience so much beauty out of sharing. And so it's been great. That's really cool. Side note real quick, because yeah. I did in vitro with my first. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Was it in vitro? Did, yeah. Cool. So yeah, they put two in and luckily they just stuck. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> How has your experience given you empathy for other people? I realized so quickly that we just can't judge anyone or what they're going through. Because I feel like a lot of times all we see is behavior and it's easy to just hurry and judge. But um, you can never judge. I made so many mistakes (laughs) when I was struggling. I was still trying to figure it all out. And I just realized really God is the only one that knows our thoughts and our intent. We can't judge anyone. Also, here's a little plug for something I'm doing. So part of all proceeds of my book go to gift baskets for those who lose a loved one to suicide. I'm trying now to do better about being open and connecting. And I feel like that's one of the ways that I can. And so I'm really excited about it. We've done I think five is now the count, which is crazy. It makes me sad that there are already that many because we just started a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. It does. It gives you empathy and not just for those that lose a loved one to suicide, but for all struggles. I feel like it's so universal. If there's someone listening that has been in this position before, you talk about being in that really dark place and they have lost someone to suicide and they're, they're left over, they're here what would be your message to them? It's hard because everyone grieves differently. And so I grieved very differently than other family members. And that was hard at times because I felt alone in how I was grieving. But it's okay wherever you're at, whatever it looks like, whatever you're feeling, it's okay to feel. Just don't try to ignore it or avoid it. Kind of lean into feeling (laughs) if that makes sense. Because you have to do that in order to get through it, avoiding it and stuff that only works for short periods of time and then you explode. (laughs) Like I said, I understand being in the point of not wanting to heal, but if you're waiting for that, I just want to give permission to do it. It's okay to get better. (laughs) I didn't think that for a while. I thought that meant like, I was moving on and I was leaving my brother behind and I didn't want to be happy because it was just so miserable and I just, I didn't think that was right. 
it's so much better to heal and it can happen and it will happen if you are ready to start making deliberate choices and it doesn't necessarily get easy but it just takes choices of trying i'm so sorry you had to go through that thank you you're welcome but i'm good you are good (laughs) you're full of life and you're healed (laughs) You're all big and pregnant with twins. Big Life is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. I I was actually going to say it was really hard for me to go back and write the book because I had to like pray to go back into that space where I wasn't okay and to like feel all that so I could write it. And it would put me in funks for like weeks because I just feel so good and healed that it's hard to like remember that of my life and not that I don't think about my brother but it's now in a good positive healthy way and so that was really difficult to go back into the dark for so long to be able to write (laughs) I can't imagine because just there's been a couple times with even a couple experiences I've talked about on this podcast and some which I have not because I'm scared to go back there (laughs) yeah and and I only want to share if it's helpful but I just can really relate to that where even there's certain pa- podcasts that I'll that I'll I've recorded and I go back to listen to and I'm like mm, nope I hope that was helpful to someone but that was very real for me so I just don't yeah. I don't think I'm gonna listen to that right now and I think that's okay yeah and honestly people think this is so weird but I haven't read my book since it's been published <laughs> because I had to just go through it so thoroughly in the whole writing process. And I just needed a break. So I've been sharing it with everyone. Everyone else is reading it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I haven't been. <laughs> yeah. Because I needed I needed that boundary, that space to just not feel it all the time right now. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that makes sense. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. And connecting with me in the first place. Yeah. Well, That's thank you special. for all you're doing to share this. Like, this is what I feel so strongly about. So yeah. I love that you're doing it. We can be buddies that yes. way. <laughs> That's awesome. And I want to reiterate my thoughts about the subject of suicide. And that is that suicide is a mistake. It hurts the people left behind and it will never be the quiet and peace and freedom that its victims had hoped it would be. I also believe there's progress and healing to be had for those victims and that they are taken care of by a loving, merciful God. And I believe he watches over them and he watches over all who are affected by suicide. Krista Yowsey and I talked about this complicated issue for a little bit after, and we both felt that so strongly that it's important that people understand that yes, there is mercy on the other side for suicide, but also that suicide does not take care of the problem for that person even. That while our loving God, I believe, does take care of them, that they will have to suffer the consequences of hurting other people. And I can't think of a more difficult pain than realizing that you've hurt the people that you love. Thanks again to Mountain West Animal Hospital for sponsoring today's podcast episode. With Christmas coming in the next couple months, I have reindeer on the mind. Also, you know I love reindeer because I love the Grinch. So obviously, little Max the reindeer. Not only is this vet clinic capable of compassionately caring for dogs and cats and other common pets, but Dr. Bot specializes in the care of reindeer. How cool is that? I have seen them with my own two eyes in the back. It's always Christmas at Mountain West Animal Hospital. Check out their website at docbot.com. 
Next week, we will be joined by the one and only Clint Pulver. I feel like I need to say it that way because maybe that's how they announce it when he speaks around the world. If you don't know who Clint Pulver is, you should look him up. He's a professional drummer and he's a keynote speaker who performs all over the world. And he just so happens to be a new friend of mine. And I cannot wait for you to hear how compassion was key in him discovering drums in the first place, which completely changed his life. He speaks to thousands of people all over the world, but next Friday, he's speaking to you. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you.